listening to ELT Today. I'm Emma Pratt. Rob Howard is the owner of Online Language Centre, partner at Business Language Training Institute, and founder of EFL Talks. An entrepreneurial type, he ran successful businesses in the United States and Brazil, which has really added depth to his particular focus on business English. He has taught in multiple companies, over 50 of the largest and most prestigious law firms and financial institutions in Rio de Janeiro, as well as working with university professors. He is a speaker worldwide on teacher development, continuing professional development, online business retention and image presentation. In 2016, the British Council's Elton Awards nominated his EFL Talks for Innovation in Teacher Development. If that's not all, Rob is Joint Coordinator of the IATEFL BSEG, that is the Business English Special Interest Group, with an online team. He is founder and former president of the Braz TESOL BSEG, online and video coordinator for the Visual Arts Circle, and has authored and co-authored several books for EFL. He is a one-man startup and has channeled this passion for self-starters into co-founding with Dorothy Zemach, the independent authors and publishers group, which is a very popular stand each year at the IATFL conference. Oh, and he's a musician. But we're not going to be talking about that today. What we're going to be talking about in this podcast is Rob's involvement with neurolanguage coaching. Rob, if you could quickly outline for us what neurolanguage coaching is. Well, neurolanguage coaching is a brain-based professional coaching method that uses basic coaching skills blended with principles of neurolanguage neuroscience to help learners more effectively, efficiently, and quickly learn the language skills they need in a calm, comfortable, and customized environment. I mean, how did you find out about it? Back in 2017, as a member of the IHF Business English SIG online team, I was attending our annual international BSIG conference in Malta. I was charged with simulcasting a session with Rachel Palling, the founder of Neurolanguage Coaching. Now, not a session that I normally would have chosen to attend at the time. I was soon captivated by Rachel and realized that much of what she was presenting were methods that I used in my own teaching. This validation of best practices, along with the impressive relationship Rachel made between the brain and learning, immediately drew me in. and I was an instant fan. I was fortunate enough to spend some time speaking with Rachel in depth about her ideas and my personal teaching experience. Coming from a business and management background, before becoming a teacher, gave me a different view on how to train and interact and successfully build a relationship with employees and clients. And I could feel how neurolanguage coaching embraced many of the same principles in its core values. You realized that you found a lot of parallels in what she was talking about with what you had already discovered for yourself. Yes. I'm really interested in the fact that we have teachers and then we've got coaches. And why does neurolanguage coaching use the word coaching over teaching? Well, 
having taken several educational psychology courses as part of my undergrad for secondary ed minor, I had a vast base of knowledge on how people learn. Upon becoming an EFL teacher in Brazil, I soon realized that the methodology used there kind of was flawed. And conventional teaching courses like CELPA and DELTA concentrated more on massive group learning with little room to help the individual. And these methods do nothing to discover the individual's blocks that exist in learning. And in many cases, I think they're responsible for forming these blocks. Where traditional education tends to stifle learning, neurolanguage coaching stimulates it, a much more productive and effective model. You felt that some of the courses like the CELTA and the Delta, the kind of methodologies or approaches that are used in the classroom, you felt that they stifled learning? Yeah, I think that a lot of the fear that's caused in learning a language, I know from my days of learning language, um, the methodologies are trying to get you involved, and I feel they actually form blocks towards learning a language. I remember my first language course I took, um, I had a horrible teacher who strictly went by the rules, and she made me so afraid of language, I hated it. So I didn't become a good speaker of that language. This is kind of because education really focuses on the masses and not on the individual like coaching does. I think this is where there's a lot of problems caused. Not to say that it doesn't work for everybody, but it can turn a lot of people off. You've had a lot of experience with working one-to-one -one with people, haven't you? Yes. I'm really interested in the fact that more and more we're seeing online teaching happen and people working with people one-to-one -one online. And that whole kind of area of learning is really booming right now. You'd met Rachel, you had sort of become acquainted with the neuro language coaching philosophies and you started training right yes um i ended up i did some research after meeting rachel and looked into some of the different options available and decided that her course really fit with what i was looking for and i signed up and took her course uh last year as a result of taking that course how do you think uh your coaching or your training has changed well, as I said, um, you know, being the unconventional person that you know me to be, um, you know, I a lot of these methods that she touched on, I felt that I was working with some of them. So it fit right in with my own teaching and really, as I said, validated uh, that I was on the right track. But what it did is it really helped afford me the freedom to more effectively empower my students to succeed at their own objectives. And it empowers learners with the knowledge to achieve autonomy and to truly become lifelong learners. And more importantly, lifelong users of the language, which is what our intention is. And I think back to, I had a student uh, just recently 
Russian student, um, high executive in a IT company who's relocating to Ireland. And he is, even though a very knowledgeable speaker, could be C1, C2, and writes very well, his speaking is extremely nervous. And it almost sounds like a stutter at times because he was so nervous about it. And as a teacher, we don't get the tools to work with helping this type of a person because we're teaching them rules and grammar and vocabulary. As a coach, what it allowed me to do is get him to back up and through coaching questions, think about what it is that was bothering him in his speech and why he was nervous. And by trying to overcome this, which we did with a little bit of deep breathing and just some relaxation, he suddenly became an incredible speaker. And in fact, within two weeks, came back and said, the people he worked with said he was a different person. that's illustrating the kind of cross-disciplinary approach that you're dealing with the whole person aren't you exactly yeah i come across this quite often and it's just uh one interesting thing is especially in my years in brazil and not just brazil but everywhere a lot of students don't like to do homework and they don't like to focus on doing the work and when you explain as a teacher why it's necessary, they don't get it. But when you work with them with coaching, what they realize is what kind of commitment they need to put into their learning. And it makes them much easier to get them to self-motivate themselves to work on listening. For example, two students today have been working on listening to podcasts while they commute to work for an hour. Now that they're doing it, they're having tremendous success with improving listening and speaking skills. This came out through coaching. So really what what you're saying is, you know, if you have a one-to-one coach, you kind of can't hide. You're sort of very accountable to that person directly, aren't you? So it's very much on you to make it work. Also, would you say that, you know, when you're coaching someone, that motivation for that person to arrive to the point where they're committing to coaching uh, must really help? Yeah, well, coaching has become so much a part of business, not business English, but just business. It's very nice because more and more professionals are open to it. And when they make that commitment to coaching and looking at a different perspective, and then bring this into their learning for language, it makes it much easier to get them motivated to learn for the right reasons. And I feel that they see results much quicker. At the conference you're going to be presenting, could you let us know a little bit about what you're going to be talking about? So my presentation is going to be entitled Your Neuro Language Compass. 
finding your way without GPS. And it's going to look kind of at my own personal journey as a business English trainer. And for me, many times um, when I work with, with my students, my role differs. Sometimes I am a teacher, sometimes a tutor, a mentor, a manager, or a coach. And my feeling is to be effective as a communications facilitator. Uh, you have to be cognizant of all the methodologies and adept at using whatever tool is appropriate at the time. And I kind of liken it to being a golfer. You need a bag full of clubs to make the right shot at the right time, whether it's a short putt or a long drive. Uh, the right club or the right tool at the right moment is essential. That's what I love about neurolanguage coaching. It has all the tools you need all in one bag. One of the things I've noticed about the conference is that the speakers come from quite a wide range of disciplines. Yes. Not just the English language teaching sector that you and I are part of. Right. How do you think, I mean, I, can, I could see that this would be quite an enriching kind of environment to be part of, don't you think, to have that kind of input from different sectors and different experiences? Well, that's exactly it. It's the crossover should be great. There's a real diverse collection of different types of speakers from all different areas. And the nice thing about it, and having listened to a few of these speakers over the years, um, it's interesting that even though the outcomes, the goals, and the journey are different, there's a commonality between ideas and the tips and using coaching as a motivating tool and it's really exciting for me and I'm looking forward to hear all these different journeys not just the journey from English language teaching because for me being as I say a communications facilitator it's not always just English Worldwide Neurolanguage Learning Conference will take place in London from the 29th of April to the 1st of May 2020. I'm Emma Pratt, that's all from me. This has been ELT Today, a podcast by Frameworks Education Group.